Hello and welcome to the Mustn't Grumble podcast. I'm Ian Moore, comedian and author, and despite this being my podcast in that it was my idea and I wrote it, as yet I have no more idea what it's about than you do. Now, of course, at this point, you'd be well within your rights to move on down the dial, as they used to say, with a well-earned grumble yourselves about the fact that I've already wasted approximately 25 seconds of your time and that you have far more going on in your life than to put up with this kind of half-assed, ill-thought-out podcasting chicanery. But bear with me, if you will. It's not that I don't know what this is about so much as I don't know where it's going. It's at this point, I suppose, that I could invite you on my journey. But I'll have no truck with the word journey being used in that context, so I won't. You hear sports commentators talk about a player's journey to this or that point, and it grates, frankly. Their journey to that point was, by and large, a pampered first-class affair with someone else carrying their luggage, all expenses paid, and more legroom than some of us have in our own front rooms. If, however, by journey you mean their life, their experiences, then say so. I don't regard life as a journey. That's modern psychobabble as far as I'm concerned. Journeys, in my mind, have a destination in mind, a planned route with stop-off points, refuelling stops, a packed lunch and a few toilet breaks. Life just isn't as coordinated as that, and if life is as coordinated as that for you, as it was for me, then lighten the hell up a little. Anyway, what are we, 90 seconds in, and so far I've told you this is called Mustn't Grumble, that I have no idea what it's about, and then actually started grumbling. So, focus Ian, focus. Right, here's how it started. About ten years ago, I started blogging about how nuts my life had become. I live in rural France with my wife and three sons. We have a uh, revolving door policy, I believe it's called, on animal arrivals. The current count being two dogs, three cats, three goats, four hens, a horse and a goldfish. I don't remember being consulted on any of this, by the way. But I'm told often it was all my idea. It wasn't, but we'll leave that for now. Frankly, most of it happened behind my back while I was on the road, usually in the UK, sometimes elsewhere in the world, performing stand-up comedy. On proper journeys, if you will. So I started a blog that grew into a 10-year thing in various guises and two best-selling books. And the shtick was this. It was me moaning basically. Partly for comedy purposes, partly genuine moaning, but mostly out of utter bafflement at my world. You see what I mean about life not being a journey. I promise I will let this go, but if life was a journey, it'd be a very strange one for me, like I'd hack my way through the Amazon jungle only to come upon a clearing and find a wimpy restaurant. What I'm saying is, I spent a good 10 years looking for the downside of life to turn it into comedy material. Not just that it was my job to do so, but that that was my natural outlook on life. I'm not strictly a pessimist, you understand, more of a more of a wait-and-see merchant. I have a penchant for Eeyore rather than Tigger. Then some things happened. Firstly, I was diagnosed with a chronic illness, which has become all about pain management. Now, the smart money behind this reckon that 15 years of doing a stupid commute on budget planes, cramped trains and clapped-out automobiles... Always the cheapest time to travel, so dawn or midnight, often sleeping on platforms or in terminals and missing at least one night's sleep a week, was the main reason, if not indeed the sole cause, of chronic inflammatory rheumatoid arthritis, a heart condition and high blood pressure. 
Fooey, said my wife. She had other ideas. My wife, Natalie, is, uh, is mainly French, and the French have an odd relationship with the medical profession. The French complain loudly, longly, and in intimate detail to any old Tom, Dick or Pierre about their ailments, yet they have a fantastic health service. The French are quite rightly proud of their health service. They go to see the doctor often. Then they will, as far as I can tell, ignore whatever the qualified medical professional says, shrug their shoulders with a Gallic what do they know, and self-diagnose. This attitude also explains the French attitude to their government and the state in general. You must look after us, the population cries regularly, and then demonstrates and goes on strike when the government does just that. Look at it this way. In France, the government are the parents and the population are the teenagers. And that goes a long way to explaining what France is like. Anyway, I digress. My wife's conclusion, re my sudden physical descent, was that it was all mental. I'd spent so long looking for the darker comic elements of life that it had finally taken its toll. Like if a plant, instead of seeking the sunlight, sought the shadows, I'd started to wither. It's an interesting thought. My initial response was to shout bollocks, but really... Deep down, I knew she had something there. I was on a downward spiral physically, and my mental state was not only the cause, but it was deteriorating as well. And that's a hell of a thing to consider, that your personality, and by extension your job as a comedian and a writer, was destroying you physically. She knows me very well, does Natalie, though I wasn't going to admit that she was right. I'm not an idiot. Then Covid struck. Now, we've all had to find ways to cope with what's happened and is still happening and will probably keep on happening for a while. And for crying out loud, if you've made it this far with any level of sanity and good humour at all, give yourselves a huge pat on the back. You've proved yourself a remarkable human being. And if you haven't got this far with either sanity or good humour, well, well done anyway. You've still got this far. That's a hell of an achievement in itself. Here, we've been very lucky. We live in a largely unaffected rural backwater. There have been very few cases, and for some, well me, there's even been an upside. The complicated French greeting system, for example, of, of cheek kissing and or handshaking, has long been a cause of social terror for me. Don't let anybody disabuse you of this. The French make this bloody stuff up as they go along. Okay, The only constant rule being is to take the piss out of the Englishman for never getting it quite right. And it's not that I'm not a tactile person, it's just that the whole thing is a minefield. Anyway, we can't do that anymore and I can leave the house on the rare occasions that I need to with a spring in my step and my hat on the side of my head, as it were. More often than not, I have my mask on anyway and it's so high nobody even recognises me so I don't even have to say bonjour. It's, it's a godsend in many ways. Maybe I should point out here that I... I actually seem to have stumbled upon the entire raison d'etre of this podcast looking for, let's say, let's call it the butter side up of life. The good things, the positives. I mean, obviously, we'll all need more than I can now freely ignore people as we move forward. But, you know, I'm not used to trying to be positive. So give me a break here. Small acorns and all of that. The other thing about COVID was that I couldn't travel to work anymore. It's been a year since COVID now, and this has been... Well, it's been the longest I've been in France, and we've lived here for 16 years. I mean, of course, there were there's serious money worries, but I have to be honest and say that the dark cloud was nothing, absolutely nothing, to the prospect of not having to go on a Ryanair flight for the foreseeable future. There you go. You see, now that's another positive. Now we're talking...
But there was another change that I had to make as well. I stopped writing my blog and stopped recording um, the previous podcast. Now, you'd be forgiven for not having noticed this this quite earth-shattering event, what with everything else that's going on. But there were two reasons why I stopped. Firstly, I didn't feel I had any right to carry on with my usual world-weary whinging. I was safe, my family was safe, even the bastard goats were safe. We're in the middle of the Loire Valley. I couldn't, in all seriousness, carry on with my weekly moan fest while the world was falling apart, could I? You know, just standing there going, Natalie, um, I need to go and write a blog about how comically shitty my life has become. Could you put some more rosé on to chill and get the boys to clean the pool for me? It's, you know, even the most sympathetic of listeners would find that slightly jarring. Also, I had a bit of a mental breakdown. More than a wobble, less than a total collapse, but it, enough to take stock. And then I ended up in hospital, terrified and isolated on a COVID ward. It turned out not to be COVID, thankfully. But the two put together meant that I didn't feel very funny anymore. I still felt negative, but now without jokes. I needed, for my sake and for my family's sake, let's be honest about that, to start seeing things in a different way. Actually, I've got that wrong. I've, I've put that in the past tense. I needed. It makes it sound dangerously as if that's what I did and that here I now stand, Mr. Light and Fluffy, with a song in his heart, a twinkle in his eye and a smile on his lips. I am not, nor frankly would I want to be. Those kind of people annoy me hugely and there's enough content out there made by positive people berating you into believing that their upbeat view of the world will somehow rub off on you like some experiment in optimism frottage it's the positivity equivalent of weight loss youtube programs made by people so absurdly thin that they couldn't cross a cattle grid so for the record i need present tense to start seeing things in a different way i need present tense to be more positive but where to start well yesterday i made what i think is a positive step forward since the start of the year I decided to try and relax more, you know, yeah, just like that. What it mainly meant was an overindulgence of lunchtime rosé and then falling asleep in front of the snooker in the afternoon. One of the other things I did was I grew a beard. It, it just seemed like the obvious thing to do if you want to relax, it's sort of relaxed imagery. I think a lot of men have grown beards in the last year anyway, lockdown beards we're calling them, though I think there's more to it than that. Most of us have overeaten, drunk too much, exercised less, we've all put on weight and that shows on the face. Let me put it like this, you know when you hear something rattling in the car, a noise that sounds ultimately expensive, what do you do? Do you fix it? Hell no, you turn the stereo up, don't you? You hide the problem. Beards do the same thing, only in this case it's not a rattle, it's just a surfeit of chins. I'm an old school mod, and beards have become something of a controversial issue with mods. They're not sharp, you see. They don't, they don't really go with a look. But as most mods now are in their 40s, at least, they've become something of a, of a grey area. Actually, on my face, it was literally a grey area, and it changed my outlook. I got a few compliments, which, as a 50-year-old man, I need. Natalie even said it made me look younger. Then last week I was, I was unwell, I spent three days in bed feeling pretty rough, feeling sorry for myself as well, and also I think I felt a bit useless, a bit old, a bit unnecessary. So, 
unusually for me, I decided to do something about it. I still didn't feel well when I woke up on Sunday. My head throbbed, my joints ached, there was something wrong with my face. Uh, my beard, in the few days I had been in bed, had apparently attracted the attention of various fauna. I had, I had bloody cobwebs in my beard. Cobwebs in my beard. I looked like Miss Havisham's gimp. Never mind facial hair, actual facial insect webbing is about as far from mod as you could possibly get. And I shaved the thing off, smartened myself up a bit, made a bit of an effort. You look younger, said Natalie, which rang a bell. But like I say, I'm 50 and I need a compliment. Anyway, in essence, that is exactly what this podcast is to be about. It's about the little things, the small victories, the seemingly inconsequential that puts a smile on our faces. I asked for examples a week ago and a friend, Claire, in Birmingham said that one of the things she loved, one of the things that most cheered her up was when her husband made the bed with her still in it. Now, I have absolutely no desire to pursue this line of inquiry. It's not that kind of podcast, but that's a bit of what we all need, isn't it? It's not all about beards. It's about whatever you want it to be. I'll post a new episode every couple of weeks, all about 10 minutes long as a kind of, hopefully, cheering mental exercise program. Just something to smile about. If you have any suggestions about what, about what makes you smile, please email them to me at mustn'tgrumblepod at gmail.com. That's mustn'tgrumblepod at gmail.com. If you want to review and subscribe, that will be most welcome, obviously. And please visit my website, ianmore.info, for news on my new book, um, which is a comedy mystery set in France and is published by Farago Books, whose whole, um, their, their strapline at Farago Books is books that make you smile. So again, it's kind of linked in with this podcast as well. But for now, I'll leave you with this. Um, I told my psychiatrist, that's that's where we are in life, I told my psychiatrist about my plans for this, for this podcast, that I was going to finally try to look up and not down. And firstly, um, well, she looked shocked, but oh, she was relieved, you know, that's brilliant, and she said, she was a bit cautious, to be honest. That's such, that's such a good move for you. And I said, yes, yes. And I've, uh, I've been making a list uh, of things this past month, things that have really cheered me up. And I gave her the list. And she looked at me and she said, um, there's only three things on the list, Ian. Now, look, listeners, it's a start, right? So see you next time. Get your suggestions in, tips, whatever makes you happy, into mustn'tgrumblepod at gmail.com and I'll put them on the air. We'll talk about them. Um, Thanks for listening and I'll see you in a couple of weeks. Mm